It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. A special focus on five ways to make gains in getting... Those of you who are unvaccinated, vaccinated. Because here's the deal. We are continuing to wind down the mass vaccination sites that did so much in the spring to rapidly vaccinate those eager to get their first shot and their second shot, for that matter, if they needed a second. Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. There you go. That's your president. He's planning to send people door to door uh, to make sure that you know about the vaccine in case you missed some of the information. And maybe, maybe just take your name and your address if you haven't been vaccinated. You think they might do something like that? I do think they might very much do something like that. You know, I, I just, it is really so intrusive. In fact, I think a lot of people have responded to it huh, uh, very clearly. Let me just say one of them. Representative Dan Crenshaw, who I think the world of, says, how about don't knock on my door? You're not my parents. You're, not, you're the government. Make the vaccine available and let people be free to choose. Why is that concept so hard for the left? Thomas Massey, I loved his. He says, a lot of people have big government antibodies. Don't knock on those doors. Uh, anyway, so um, uh, this is what they're doing. They're going to go door to door, and honestly, uh, you know, don't answer your door. That's all I can say. I wouldn't answer my door if they come. I'm not answering. I'm not answering their questions. Maybe I'll give them some information. <laughs> oh, but I'm sure they'll take my name because I haven't been vaccinated and uh, use it in whatever way they see fit. Maybe in the way that they're dealing with January 6th uh, protesters. And we're going to get to that. I've got a lot of information for you today on that. Uh, it's just very upsetting, continues to be, and we'll talk about it in a second. There's a story that came out last week that I neglected, and it's I just have only a few minutes to mention it, but Bernal Stutzman was the owner of Arlene's Flowers in Washington State. You may have seen, it's been a long time since her case went to court. Uh, I can't even remember how long. It's been years. Uh, and uh, it was, she was set up by a uh, a gay man who was a regular client of hers, he decided to get married, and so they went in and asked her, uh, set her up to ask her to do a cake for their wedding, knowing that she would not, knowing that she's a strong Christian. And so when she refused to do their cake, they charged her, and she was fined, and she's uh, her business has just been shut down for years now. Uh, she is the kindest, sweetest, most uh, actually very funny person, uh, very low-key and certainly not uh, not looking to crusade on anything. She just felt in good conscience she couldn't do it, and yet uh, it was appealed in court, and she lost, and she lost, and she lost. It was appealed to the Supreme Court, and what did they do last week? They decided not to hear it. They sent it back to the local courts, or they are just allowing the verdict to stand as the lower courts have decided. Only Justice Alito and Justice Thomas 
uh, were in favor of hearing this. I think there was one other justice, and I, I'm not sure which one, so I don't want to say, because I don't want to give them credit or blame unless I know for sure. And let me just read from Daniel Horowitz' um, uh, comments on this. Justices Kavanaugh and Barrett deal crushing blow to religious liberty. So uh, he says this is the third time this past term that both Kavanaugh and Barrett betrayed conservatives on religious liberty in the context of the rainbow jihad agenda. Last month, they declined to join the other three conservatives in ruling that it's categorically unconstitutional for cities to bar adoption agencies from only delivering adopted children to families with a mother or father. They, along with Gorsuch, also refused to join Thomas and Alito in overturning a radical fourth circuit opinion forcing school districts to allow boys in girls' bathrooms. Already in May 2020, before Barrett was on the court, only Thomas and Alito wanted to hear a case to overrule a Ninth Circuit ruling declaring it cruel and unusual punishment not to provide a sex offender in prison with access to castration and transgender hormone therapy. It really is that bad. Uh, uh, Kavanaugh and uh, Amy Coney Barrett have been uh, a radical, I'll use that word since we got to use it, a radical disappointment. After working so hard to get them nominated, uh, conservatives that I trust, uh, who I look to for information, who vouched for them, certainly, especially Mary, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. She had such a great record, and we thought she was outspoken and strongly conservative, and she's just been a disappointment, a tremendous disappointment. And so uh, that's what uh, happened. So meanwhile, Barry Nell Stutzman has lost her job. Uh, they will come after her property. I think she told me last I spoke to her that they probably will have to sell their family farm. Um, and thank you. Listen, thank you, Justices. That's, that's great. That's great work. Uh, the regular people of America have no protection, especially Christians, with a court like this. And so um, that happened last week. Um, justice, uh, and just to kind of change the subject for a second to something a little lighter, well, I guess— <laughs> President Trump has uh, announced plans to uh, um, announce a brand-new social media site today at a press conference. I think it's happening at 11 o'clock this morning, Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I don't know what that's going to be, but he's announcing it from the Trump National Golf Club uh, in Bedminster, New Jersey. And so that briefing is going to be carried live by Newsmax and others. Uh, And you will recall, maybe, because I don't know if you do do know this or not, but uh, some of his former aides... Uh, peeled off and formed, uh, came up with another social media outlet called Getter, G-E-T-T-R. And they launched like two days ago and were immediately hacked, but it was short-term. They got it reversed. So that's another possibility. These are, this is actually good news. I, I, I'm just, I'm rooting for Getter and I'm rooting for whatever President Trump introduces today. But just so you know, that is happening today. And uh, maybe that will be kind of a bright, a bright future for all of us to get out of the, from under the uh, draconian rule of these radical leftist social media companies. All right, so um, just some other fun stuff. Herschel Walker, you may recall, he was, uh, he's a star in Georgia, and actually he's a former professional football player and college gridiron in the Peach State. He won the Heisman Trophy and helped steer the University of Georgia to a college football national championship He's got the, all I could say, he's got the greatest smile. And I think I told you a few days ago that when my husband was at the FBI Academy in Guantanamo, Herschel Walker came to train with his class. 
and uh, he had nothing but great things to say about him. So um, I, that doesn't mean, I don't know where he is politically. I can't tell you that. But here's the point. He's considering challenging Raphael Warnock because uh, Raphael's just finishing out a term. And so um, President Trump has been persuading him to run. And this is what he said, kind of a cryptic message uh, just a few days ago. Let's listen to Herschel Walker. Hey, what you hear there is Hulk. That's what I call it. You know, he's ready. I'm getting ready. And we can run with the big dogs. <laughs> Without you being able to see it, it's not so funny. But he's in some some his car that he calls, uh, whatever he calls him, Hulk. Uh, and so it's just he's hinting that he's going to run. President Trump says he is going to run. Kelly Loeffler is saying that she still wants to run again. And I think... Doug Collins is probably, I don't know if he's thinking about running, but he is concerned. He says that we don't really know uh, Herschel's position on issues, and he's never been in office before, so that is a concern. But if he jumps into the race, he's a very serious contender, uh, given, you know, given the, the makeup, um, uh, given his popularity in Georgia. And so that'll be interesting. And then in, uh, in Ohio, Rob Portman is retiring, and so there's a couple of interesting entries there into the race J.D. Vance, uh, I'm not really familiar with J.D. Vance. He is on with Tucker Carlson a lot. I, so I'm not endorsing him because uh, I don't know enough about him. He's the author of Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, he is uh, now running in uh, Ohio, and he is, has been saying he was a never-Trumper in 2016. He says, I was wrong. He was a good president. And since that time, according to reports I'm reading, he has supported the president's policies and the president. But here's the thing. Uh, he's going to be coming up against Josh. He's, by the way, he's well-financed. Peter Thiel, the multi-millionaire billionaire, is uh, giving him lots of money to run in this race. Uh, But Josh Mandel is also running. Josh is a two-time treasurer of Ohio. He is a a former Marine Corps veteran. He's a real champion. He really is. He's just a great guy on the issues. And he ran for Senate last time and came in. I can't remember, you know, it's hard to remember all these races, but he did very well. And so I don't know who's, all, the point is, some good people. Some good people are jumping in these races. And then finally, this is really interesting, this morning, uh, it looks like the Oklahoma, the new Oklahoma uh, um, GOP chairman has endorsed the primary challenger of Senator James Lankford. Wow. Now, that is a shocker because uh, party bosses don't ever do that. They don't ever jump in uh, on, you know, in primaries, certainly not against an incumbent. James Lankford, you know, I think is known in Oklahoma. He's, uh, okay, look, I'll just tell you how I feel about this, at least in part. James Lankford gets far too much credit uh, because of his, he's a Southern Baptist. Uh, he's, I think, an ordained minister. But I have to tell you, his voting record and his conduct um, in terms of his, um, cooperation with the leadership of the Republican Party has been a profound disappointment to me. And so the reason that the GOP chairman is endorsing, he's endorsing a guy named Jackson Lehmeyer for the state's GOP nomination. And it's uh, the guy who's the chairman is, um, oh, his name is Bennett. Oh, it's John Bennett. And he says, he told reporters that at a rally for Lehmeyer, Lehmeyer, that he's opposing Lankford because the senator failed to keep his promise to object to the certification of the Electoral College results during a joint session of Congress 
On January the 6th, Lankford was originally one of the several Republican senators who announced they would object to the certification of the election, uh, and then he changed his mind. And so, um, so that's why uh, that's why Bennett is supporting his opponent, Jackson Lawmeyer. Now, I believe there are other candidates in that uh, race, so I can't, you know, I really don't know anything about their records. I would say Lieutenant General Michael Flynn is also endorsing Lawmeyer. So uh, this is interesting, and James Lankford, I'm sure, is feeling the pinch on that. And those of you in Oklahoma who are closer to the circumstances and more informed than I am right now, uh, need. I, I believe it's. Listen, we have to hold these guys' feet to the fire, and I. I, I feel. I personally feel like it, it, this is not a time for business as usual. This is not like you wear a suit and you sound good. You have to fight. You have to get in there and fight. And if you're not willing to do that, you need to go. That's my personal opinion. So lots of people are running for those seats, and uh, we'll be following all of it closely. Oh man, I want it. Uh, let's see. Let me move quickly to this because this will set up our next interview. Chris Rufo has been fighting, you know, critical race theory. He's become a real champion. And he was on uh, with uh, Tucker Carlson talking about what's happening to one of the largest defense contractors in the nation, Raytheon. Let's listen to what he says. Clip seven. They launched this really political indoctrination program, teaching employees to judge each other on the basis of race, asking employees actually to identify one another on the basis of race during conversations. They provided specific rules for white employees, how to speak to black employees. Uh, and they even said that employees should reject the principle of equality and in favor equality of outcomes, which is a synonym for socialism, maybe communism. Uh, and it's really astonishing because this is one of the largest corporations in the world. It manufactures key defense armaments, and yet it has been captured by this woke ideology that seems to be now the dominant force, not only in education and in government, uh, but also in business. Uh, I'm exposing it, uh, and all Americans should be deeply concerned about what I've found. I think the best way to think about this, Tucker, is think of it as a protection racket, similar to the mob, the mafia, uh, where you pay a small fee. In this case, you signal virtue. You hire the right consultants. You sign the right pledges to pledge to, to, to decolonize your bookshelf or to interrogate your unconscious bias. And then these companies hope that they'll be left alone, that the, that, the, that the kind of social media mob, that the politicians in office, that the Biden administration will keep that taxpayer money flowing because they're exactly. signaling the right beliefs. But it's transparently absurd. It's gone from a meme. Tucker, the, there was a joke last year that Raytheon would put the rainbow flag on a drone strike. Uh, and now that, that meme, that joke has become a reality. Uh, I've shown the documents and it's really to the point of absurd. Uh, and if it wasn't so serious, uh, everyone should be laughing. Yeah, well, we're not laughing. And Chris, uh, thank you for that report. My boy, Chris Rufo, is being targeted by the National Education Association. Uh, they're actually spending money to go after the opponents of critical race theory. And we're going to talk about that, among other things, in just a second. So I hope you'll stay tuned. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Perfect little hands and perfect little feet. Can you hear that? That's her little heart beating. I had no idea I had a little baby girl in there. 
with little fingers and little toes. I didn't know at all she was so real. They told me she wasn't a baby and should be aborted. Now, I could never. This ultrasound gives you a glimpse of God's perfect design and the good work He has begun with you. You both have intrinsic worth and value and are loved beyond measure. Life-changing transformation happens in the communities that need us most. That's exactly why ICU Mobile chooses to go. Four of five women in our mobile units see their ultrasound and choose life. Visit us now at icumobile.org to make a life-saving contribution. Or text LIVES to 45777. That's L-I-V-E-S to 45777. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Wally Adeyemo, Deputy Secretary of the United States Treasury. He advises and assists the Secretary of the Treasury and helps formulate and execute policies and programs. 1 Peter 4.10 reminds us of the importance of being a good steward of resources. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Wally Adeyemo in his work at the Treasury Department. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Defund the police. That's what the Democrats said. America will be safer without more police patrolling the streets. That's what the Democrats said. More trained counselors, fewer cops. That's what the Democrats said. And now many of our major cities have been turned into war zones. More than 400 shootings over the holiday weekend, 150 people dead. More than 90 shootings alone in Chicago, 16 dead. And yet Mayor Lori Lightfoot says crime is actually on the decline. American culture has been consumed by chaos, moral rot. If we really want to stop the violence, three things need to happen. First, parents need to parent. Second, moms and dads need to get their kids back into the church house. And finally, we need to make sure that law enforcement has everything they need, everything to keep our cities and families safe. Be sure to order my new book, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, available at ToddStarns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. My name is Tanner Cross and I'm speaking out of love for those who suffer with gender dysphoria. 60 Minutes this past Sunday interviewed over 30 young people who transitioned, but they felt led astray because lack of pushback or how easy it was to make physical changes to their bodies in just three months. They are now detransitioning. It's not my intention to hurt anyone, 
but there are certain truths that we must face when ready. We condemn school policies like 80-40 and 80-35 because it will damage children, defile, defile the holy image of God. I love all of my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it's against my religion, it's lying to a child, it's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God. Wow, such courage. That's a phys ed teacher. You've heard that before. That happened probably about uh, two months ago, I'm guessing. It was in Loudoun County. Uh, That was the PE teacher testifying before the school board. He says, I can't do that. It would be lying to a child, it's abuse, and it's sinning against our God. That's pretty courageous, given the hostile element and environment he was in. Now, here's the update on that. Uh, He lost his job. Uh, He was reinstated by a local judge who said, you can't do that. He has First Amendment rights, uh, and they outweigh any concerns that you may have that he doesn't agree with the school board on this issue. But now this, now this. The school board of Virginia's Loudoun County has appealed the lower court injunction that forced the district to reinstate Tanner, who was suspended after voicing his opposition to a transgender policy, uh, and uh, they're taking it all the way up to the Virginia Supreme Court. All right, they want to get him fired again. That's how serious this is. And you will remember that uh, in one of the Loudoun County board meetings, I think it happened last week, maybe maybe the week before that, uh, retired Senator Dick Black from Virginia Uh, stood up to the school board and invoked Tanner's name. And I want you to hear the response because uh, I believe this is the thing that actually shut down the whole meeting. Let's listen. I'm retired Senator Dick Black of Ashburn, Virginia. You retaliated against Tanner Cross by yanking him from teaching for addressing a public hearing of this board. The judge ordered you to reinstate Mr. Cross because if his comments were not protected speech, then free speech does not exist at all. It's absurd and immoral for teachers to call boys girls and girls boys. You're making teachers lie to students, and even kids know that it's wrong. This board has a dark history of suppressing free speech. They caught you red-handed with an enemies list to punish opponents of critical race theory. You're teaching children to hate others because of their skin color. And you're forcing them to lie about other kids' gender. I am disgusted by your bigotry and your depravity. Joe Mobley to be followed by Donna Russell. That's amazing. That was just part of that meeting, <clears throat> and that's happening in school boards around the country. Of course, they started out on the issue of gender, but it's really those two subjects that are dividing and causing parents to get so angry, whether it's forcing the use of pronouns or you know, the introduction of uh, the, the gender confusion to kids or the sharing of bathrooms, and then also uh, this whole notion of critical race theory. And we're going to turn our attention to that one right now. Um, you probably know that You probably know, if I haven't said it, that school boards and teachers are denying. They've been, like, vehemently denying that they're pushing critical race theory. Uh, And it's it's amazing. But they just had their big meeting last week. And Randy Weingartner, who's the president—well, this is is the Federation of Teachers. She's the president of the 1.7 million-member American Federation of Teachers, said, Mark my words, our union will defend any member who gets in trouble for teaching honest history. 
We have a legal defense fund ready to go. Teaching the truth is not radical or wrong. Distorting history and threatening educators for teaching the truth is what's true, truly radical and wrong. I am going to stop now and introduce my next guest. His name is Nora Weinrich. Noah is with Heritage Foundation, and Heritage um, discovered just a few days ago that the NEA, which is a different union, uh, has scrubbed their website of all the things they talked at at their last at their last meeting about critical race theory. And uh, Noah joins us this morning to talk about that. Good morning, Noah. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right, so Noah, uh, they have been denying that they're teaching critical race theory. They say that, at least at these school board meetings. Have you heard those? Absolutely. You know, at school board meetings around the country, uh, they deny that they're teaching critical race theory. Uh, People in the media deny that it's being taught. You know, um, top education newspapers say that critical race theory is not being taught in classrooms. They say that it is, you know, it's only in obscure academic field that is only taught in graduate school. Um, They say it's a subset of legal studies, and they laugh at those who say it's being taught. But then just a few days ago, the nation's largest teachers union um, put out several business items that they adopted, their members voted to approve it, um, to spend hundreds of thousands or more to, in their words, promote a campaign um, to spread critical race theory, to teach teachers critical race theory, um, to develop curriculum based on critical race theory. And, you know, they usually cloak this in some sort of um, euphemism. They call it anti-racist education. But in the National Education Association's own words, this is all about critical race theory. And, of course, yesterday, um, Heritage Action, my organization, found out they had deleted all of their business items in an attempt to cover this up because rightfully, um, people around the country were realizing that this, you know, multi-million member union was uh, coordinating a nationwide campaign to force critical race theory into our classrooms. Yes, well, and so the point is, of course, that they haven't stopped doing that. They're just taking away the evidence. But we do know some things. Uh, I know we do. We still know a lot of stuff about what they did propose. It wasn't exactly a secret. I'm, I'm assuming that uh, as always, there are people in those audiences and in those meetings that took notes and that we have access in some form or fashion, I would think, of the things that they talked about at their conference. Can you give us an idea, Noah, a little bit more of an idea of what they're trying, what they're practically trying to do in spite of their denials? Absolutely. Um, and <laughs> so even though, even though they covered it up, took things down off their website, thankfully we have backups of everything. And so it's, it's still out there. Don't worry. Um, but we know that they are uh, they have announced a massive campaign to uh, educate teachers. So they're doing some of these teacher trainings uh, to tell them about critical race theory and other uh, really racist ideologies. Uh, they have announced you know that they are promoting ethnic studies, um, and they break that down into about twelve different races. Um, so you know they're really trying to group people into narrower and narrower racial identities and teach those racial identities in school. Um, They've also announced an attack campaign. They're actually um, coming after opponents of critical race theory and those who support anti-critical race theory legislation. So they actually named um, the Heritage Foundation in one of their business items. They're uh, devoting close to $100,000 to 
essentially dig up dirt on the Heritage Foundation or try to. Um, uh, they are uh, announcing a campaign, including you know publishing on their website uh, blog posts and uh, other information attacking the Heritage Foundation by name for our opposition to uh, TRT. Yeah, it's so I- ironic. And of course, your president is is a black woman. She's a good friend of mine. Uh, so they're going to have a little trouble with that one. But um, but they are spending money, like they're going after Christopher Rufo. They're they're going to try to ruin people's lives. Who are actually this is a, this is an edu- a teachers union trying to destroy people's lives for coming out in criticism of critical race theory. It's amazing. Are their reputations? And I want you. I'd be interesting to hear your response to this, Noah. This is a quote by uh, Randy Weingartner. I think it's still Randy. Now, again, she's with the Federation of Teachers. That's a different organization, same but different. She says, culture warriors are labeling any discussion of race, racism, or discrimination as critical race theory to try to make it toxic. They are bullying teachers and trying to stop us from teaching students accurate history. This harms students. These culture warriors want to deprive students of a robust understanding of our common history. This will put students at a disadvantage in life by knocking a big hole in their understanding of this country and the world. Okay, now, um, I have to tell you, Noah, if I didn't have the knowledge that I have or the inclinations that I have, that's that's pretty pretty persuasive, right? We should be talking about race. And if we can't talk about race, the kids are going to have a gap in their understanding. And so she makes that point. And your response to that? Uh, Sandy, I think you've got a, a clip playing behind you. Really? Wow, I don't hear it. Can you hear me now? Uh, I think it's still playing, sorry. Uh, Adam, I don't know uh, what's going on there, but um, I don't think we have anything at this end. I'm, I'm sure Adam will... T- we don't have anything at this end, Noah. Maybe it's at your end there. Oh, my apologies. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do that. for that's um, what you get for being in media. All right, let's let me go back and ask you the same question. This these things happen. Yes, they do. All right. Um so she's basically saying that culture warriors are being la- are labeling any discussion of race, racism or discrimination as critical race theory to try to make it toxic. And they're trying to bully teachers and stop us from teaching students accurate history and this harms students. Are, your response to that, Noah? Uh, that's right. That's a claim that we've heard that uh, conservatives and you know ordinary American families are starting this fight, that they are ramping up the culture war. But really, it is the left that has started this fight for years now. Uh, they've been forcing critical race theory into our schools. They have been pushing this you know racist, woke education on our children. Uh, they, the right and conservatives and American parents did not start this fight. You know, President Biden earlier this year announced a program to send grants, uh, send cash effectively to schools that are teaching uh, critical race theory. So we are defending our children from this. They are trying to force this into more and more schools, push this on our students, and and the American people are saying enough. They're standing up for our institutions uh, for too long. The left has pushed to take over academia. Um, schools, even churches, uh, corporations, and the American people are seeing what's going on. They don't agree, uh, and, they, and so they are fighting back, and they are defending our children and our nation uh, from this takeover 
of every institution of American life, and they are absolutely right to do so. You know, it's ironic it, when you think about it. Of course, I go back longer than you do, Noah, but uh, teachers and parents, uh, the PTA was the Parent Teacher Association, used to work together so closely. We wanted to support our teachers, and when I was a kid, we were always taught to obey our teachers, and if we got in trouble at school, we got in trouble at home. There was a cooperation because we were we all wanted the good of the student, and now you've got teachers and their representatives targeting parents for objecting. Uh, it's as though they're enemies, and they should not be. This is just really so upside down. And then you've got, I think you just said this, the administration, the Biden administration, has proposed giving school districts federal grants to incorporate uh, critical race theory. And there are now six states, including Texas, have barred teaching critical race theory so far. You guys at, at Heritage Action, don't you have some training for parents or, or some kind, kind of um, something that you're offering to help them uh, if they need to go up against their school boards? That's right. So uh, Heritage Action has developed a, an entire toolkit to help parents uh, learn about critical race theory, what it is, how to identify it in your school, and what to do about it. And you okay. can find that at crtbook.com. So it's a, a free ebook that you can download at crtbook.com. And okay. one of the ways that, and one of the ways in there that we help parents is uh, we teach them to file fo- what are called FOIA requests or Freedom of Information Act requests or um, open records requests. And this basically is a way to file a request with your school board with your state education agency, with your school district, to learn about um, what are some of the, you you can access documents, emails, et cetera, what trainings have they been doing, what curriculum are they using for your kids. Um, You can even find emails, say, between various superintendents and principals asking about critical race theory. Um, And so this is just a powerful way to uh, bring sunshine back into it. You know, sunshine is the best disinfectant. And so it really opens everything up, takes things out of the back rooms, out of the closed door training, and exposes exactly what is happening uh, in your school board, in your school district, with your child. Okay, that's great, Noah. I'm so glad we uh, got that in before the end of it. Noah Weinrich with uh, Heritage Action. It's CRT, Critical Race Theory, book.com, crtbook.com, and you can download it. And that's just a, be a great tool. Some of you have not gotten involved, but you want to. And that's a, that's a way to, to just, just begin. Noah, thanks a lot. I appreciate time this morning, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Bishop E.W. Jackson is on a mission. Some people are just embarrassed to be Americans. That, that's a big problem. I mean, I've heard people say that. They're embarrassed to be Americans. I'm not embarrassed to be American. I love my country. I'm, I'm thankful to God that I'm an American. I'm thankful to God to live in this land of freedom and opportunity and hope. And I'm fighting to make sure that that never changes. The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson every weekday at noon central on AFR or catch the podcast at AFR.net. American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com.
For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona was pressed by Congresswoman Mary Miller to explain exactly how many sexes there are during a House Education and Labor Committee hearing on the priorities of the Department of Education. The questioning followed a newly released policy where teachers could be disciplined for stating that there are only two sexes. After being pressed on the question three times, Secretary Cardona frustratedly said, I won't be answering your question. He won't say how many sexes there are, yet he proposes to discipline teachers who teach the biological fact that there are only two. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for the Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net. For more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Did you know that over 62 million babies have been aborted since Roe versus Wade? Every single one of these babies' lives was dear and precious. Why isn't the world declaring these babies as lost? Here's Dan Steiner, the president of Preborn, a ministry dedicated to saving babies' lives from abortion through ultrasound. I sense God's broken heart over the issue of abortion. You see, he sees every little baby that's being formed in the mother's womb, and it breaks his heart to see when the lifetime that he has planned for them is taken from them violently so often. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country, introducing women considering abortion to their precious preborn baby. By letting a mother see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Congress increasingly recognizes that the Chinese Communist Party poses a mortal peril to our country and the rest of the world, which it seeks to dominate. Both houses have just approved bipartisan bills to counter the CCP's advantages in key technologies with ominous military applications. Thus, legislators should also weigh in on the Chinese Communists' success on an even more worrying front, namely their deep compromise of top policymakers in the Biden administration from the president on down. Reportedly, a key addition to their ranks is Thomas Zimmerman, a special assistant to the president for presidential personnel. He's been a fellow at the Shanghai Academy of Social Sciences, which the FBI warns has close ties to China's spy agency. Such appointments are a clear counterintelligence threat to America's national security. To learn more about the magnitude of this danger, visit accountabilityinitiative.org. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. You kicked in their door, you held them at gunpoint, handcuffed them, interrogated them for four hours, took their phone, you took their laptop, and you took a copy of their pocket-sized constitution. Why'd you take the constitution? Well, Congressman, as you know, I can't discuss a specific investigation. Is a habit of the FBI to take constitutions from people that you're interrogating? I don't know if it's a habit to pursue any particular document. Just found, we, I just we, found that we just seize the evidence that's relevant to what's in the affidavit, that we search warrant affidavit. Yeah, so that's uh, your FBI director and being grilled by Jim Jordan, thank goodness. Uh, and he's talking about a couple, uh, Paul and his wife, Paul Huber and his wife. They're Alaskans, and they were uh, in Washington on January the 6th. They went to support President Trump. They did not enter the Capitol, but they were accused of taking Nancy Pelosi's laptop. 
that has been disproven. The facial recognition dispro- is not the wife. Uh, she was not the one. that They've established that, and yet they continue to harass them. And so Paul was on uh, with uh, Laura Ingram, I think it was, uh, just a few days ago, and this is what he said about how they're being treated Clip 6. Uh, we just traveled recently, had every piece of our luggage torn apart. We missed three flights trying to get to uh, San Francisco for a wedding and a funeral. And they went through everything, held us up, went through item piece by piece by piece, met us down at the runway at the uh, right at the opening wait, wait. of the airplane. Paul, where was this? In. Where was this? Uh, this was in, uh, first of all, Anchorage, then Seattle, and then San Francisco. Wait, recently? This just happened? Yeah, just two days ago. Yesterday. So you're being treated. Everyone in the country <laughs> needs to know this. You are being treated like you're on a terror watch list, almost. Right. 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 Because you actually attended a rally and walked to the Capitol and didn't even go into the Capitol. You're being treated yeah. like a domestic terror threat. Does that the way it makes you feel like? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We feel like they're just... <laughs> completely harassing us and they know that they've got the wrong couple and they won't let it go. They're just constantly digging, digging, digging and putting us on these terrorist lists and all of that and checking over to make sure we don't have any bombs on us twice over. They sent us through security, sent us back through security a second time. And then, like I mentioned, met us at the airplane and went through our stuff for a third time. What would have Crazy. happened if you didn't wear a mask on the plane? Then you would have Oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, they're laughing, but I know it's not funny. And I've heard other people being treated this way, too, that they that were there on January 6th, not able to fly. And that reminds me of an exchange on about this same couple that Jim Jordan had with Christopher Ray. Uh, and um, because it's important. This is clip five. Let's listen. You returned the phone to him, but the data on the phone, you have like copies of their text messages, emails, anything on their phone. Did you keep all that? Um, I th- well, when we return people's information, my impression is that we don't keep that information, but it depends on the circumstances of the investigation. <laughs> all right. Do you feel like the FBI did not keep their information? Um, I'm thinking not. I'm thinking the FBI has everything on them. Uh, and is tracking them uh, the, in, in a, such an unconstitutional way. This is just shocking, more shocking stuff. And by the way, uh, this is some good news. Judicial Watch, our champions, have jumped in to sue the, uh, the FBI, com- to sue to obtain FBI communications with banks over the January 6th protesters. They're suing the Department of Justice for records of communication between the FBI and major banks that gave officials data on financial transactions on January 5th and 6th by suspects linked to the January 6th incursion. And, uh, okay, they filed their suit after the FBI failed to respond as required by federal law uh, to their Freedom of Information request. Uh, and they ask for records from Bank of America, Citibank, Chase Manhattan, Discover, American Express, uh, in which the FBI sought transaction data for those financial institutions, debit and credit card account holders who made purchases in D.C., Maryland, and or Virginia on January 5th and January 6th. I mean, really, think about the intrusion into our privacy. I guess it's nothing new. I guess we have just lost our privacy, but we are fighting uh, and we have to fight uh, to stop this. Otherwise, they, 
you know, nothing is safe. I, this is why we're at war right now. I mean, cultural war. I'm not talking about literal war. Um, all right, so lawyers representing more than a dozen of those arrested and detained since the riot have recently told the Epoch Times that many of their clients are being held unjustly in solitary confinement, need health care, and adequate and have inadequate sanitary conditions. How many times have I talked to you about this? And I'm going to get into it uh, in just a second, a little bit more. All right, so um, all right, so I'm going to leave that alone. But uh, but Judicial Watch is filing that. So then, uh, what I haven't uh, had a chance to tell you is that you know Nancy Pelosi has formed her commission. And she uh, has; she only has one Republican uh, that she picked, as I understand it. Uh, the commission is supposed to be, you know, Republicans and Democrats. And I don't exactly know um, what the other Republicans are, but Nancy Pelosi handpicked Liz Cheney, and she agreed. So Liz Cheney, Cheney just tweeted, I'm so disappointed, Liz, I can't even tell you. I used to like her so much. I've told you that before. I'm just, I can't believe that she, her hatred of Trump, Trump has caused her to be so um, become a liar, and that's what she is. Uh, she tweeted, uh, six months ago today, our Capitol and Constitution were attacked. Every American should watch this. And uh, it's a day of rage, an in-depth look at how a mob stormed the Capitol. It's 43, 44 minutes long. It's cherry-picked. It doesn't have any of the policemen uh, attacking police protesters. We've got lots of video of that with explosive devices, dousing the crowd with mace, allowing people into the building, uh, and other things that contradict her narrative. So she's giving a false picture uh, of what happened on that day, willingly. Uh, And so um, now I'm going to go back to a new article by Julie Kelly. Julie is the one writing the most on this, although she's not the only one. I was happy to see the Washington Examiner wrote a great piece on this this morning, and we'll put that on our Facebook page. It's Capital Riots, Unanswered Questions, Six Months On. And if I have a chance, I'll get to the content of that in just a minute. But I want to go back to Julie's article. It's 20 questions for Nancy Pelosi. And as always, if you are interested in this stuff, you probably should grab a pen. Because uh, we'll put it on our Facebook, but you can't, I can't assure that you can get there. This is, uh, the outlet is American Greatness. If you Google, so what you have to do is go to directly to an outlet, which would be American Greatness, and look for 20 questions for Nancy Pelosi. Okay, here it is. Nancy Pelosi, Julie reminds us, was the biggest perpetrator of the lies on January 6th. Uh, she said, in part, I think the day after, yesterday the President of the United States incited an armed insurrection against America, the gleeful desecration of the U.S. Capitol, which is the temple of our American democracy. Uh, then she accused President Trump of sedition, urged his cabinet to invoke the 25th Amendment and remove him, uh, and... Um, Julie goes on to say nearly every word of her opening statement was untrue. The president did not incite the violence. It was not an insurrection, armed or otherwise, and the only person who used a firearm was a still unidentified Capitol Police officer who killed an unarmed female veteran, and that's Ashley Babbitt. Aside from a few smashed windows, no one gleefully desecrated property. One could convincingly make the argument that the daily presence of lawmakers like Adam Schiff, Ilhan Omar, Cory Bush, and others, represent the true desecration of property. And we don't have sacred temples in our government uh, that are a government, uh, related to governmental power. Uh, and then she goes on to say that, contrary to that, buildings paid for by taxpayers to conduct the official business of taxpayer-funded employees 
once considered public servants, but who now consider their taxpaying constituents the servants to their heavy-handed mastery, is the ideal location to rise up against the U.S. government. And um, then she contrasts that with thousands of hysterical protesters going into the Hart Senate office building, stalking senators when Brett Kavanaugh was under confirmation, screaming from the Senate gallery, pounding the doors of the Supreme Court, uh, that was not called an insurrection. That was an extraordinary moment, they told us. Uh, and then uh, there's, she says more, but I want to get to her questions here. She says, Pelosi's lied about what happened to the Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. She orchestrated optics such as his memorial service in the Capitol Rotunda and the procession and burial at Arlington National Cemetery. Remember, he died of natural causes. He died of some physical thing that was happening in his own body. He was not killed there. That was a total lie, and she whipped it into a frenzy. She has incorrectly said on numerous occasions that multiple people died, and, of course, only one person was killed, and that was Ashley Babbitt, and she was a Trump supporter. Um, and then they used, of course, President Trump's, uh, the January 6th incident to, uh, uh, to put President Trump on trial again for impeachment. <laughs> And she's referred to Republican House members as the enemy within. And, you know, blamed them for coordinating, for bringing people. She's a, she has a slandered members of Congress like Louis Gohmert, as, you know, talking about how they must have been colluding with these uh, insurrectionists. And that's why she installed the metal detectors and is harassing all those congressmen now, Republican congressmen, not the Democrats. Uh, it's, uh, and then she set up that fence. She's just created this narrative. She's a, she is a competent, extremely gifted Marxist propagandist. And uh, so so Julie then asks, wants to ask Nancy Pelosi some questions. She said they should, first of all, demand to release this commission with, uh, you know, Liz Cheney, should release the 14,000 hours of U, um, U.S. Capitol Police surveillance foot, footage, which we have not seen, demand to see all the materials related to the now-closed investigation into the killing of Ashley Babbitt. And then there are, here are the questions. I'm going to get through as many as I can because they're good and they make you think and remember. Why were requests made by the U.S. Capitol Police, a federal agency under the purview of Congress, for extra security ahead of January 6th denied, Nancy? Because that's her bailiwick. Why did she deny it? Why did law enforcement, including USP, USCP and the D.C. Metro Police show up wearing full riot gear, including gas masks and batons. Who authorized police to attack the peaceful crowd with flashbangs, sting balls, and tear gas about 1 p.m.? And we've posted two, two videos of that on our Facebook page for you. How, uh, have any police officers been charged with assault? Because we can see from these videos that there was assault by some police officers, unwarranted, uh, on peaceful protesters. Who seeded the lie that Brian Sicknick was killed in the line of duty? And who told the New York Times he was murdered by a Trump mob with a fire extinguisher? Did any FBI agents or informants infiltrate groups such as the Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, and Three Percenters before January 6th? Who were the officers caught on tape allowing protesters into the building? Who opened the doors on the Upper West Terrace at approximately 2.30 at the direction of an unknown USCP officer? Uh, on January 7th, Pelosi called the Capitol riot an armed insurrection. How many people have been charged with carrying a firearm into the building? The answer is none. Why was Pelosi's son-in-law reporting from the scene that day? That's a new one for me. I didn't know that. Why was she reporting? Why did she, he know to do that? 
Um, how many Americans remain incarcerated under pre-trial detention orders awaiting delayed trials that won't start until next year? Who authorized the opening of that pod in the D.C. Correctional Treatment Facility Jail to house January 6th defendants specifically? Are there reports of mental and physical abuse of January 6th detainees by D.C. prison guards, including solitary confinement conditions for months on end and lack of access to defense lawyers? How much money is being spent on these various investigations? Uh, Who are the anonymous, proud members of the United States Capitol Police threatening to withhold security? from members of Congress who did not support a commission? How many white supremacists have been identified by law enforcement? And who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt? All right, those are 20 questions. I didn't give you quite all of them, but they're good, and it's good for us to review this. I've uh, read yesterday, um, uh, I'll have to find this article, but they're talking about one guy said that the water that they're being given to drink is just, horrible. He's having to strain it through his socks to drink it. That's how bad things are. They're still being held in solitary confinement. I I cannot believe this. And um, there are people trying to figure out the best way to counter this. I think of, uh, you know, if, if you are in D.C., one thing you might want to consider doing is going and uh, just holding vigil, finding out who the names. Julie has got a lot of the names in her articles and just uh, maybe do a placard where you say, John Smith, uh, Marine vet, uh, held in solitary confinement, inhumane, you know, uh, something you'd have to just make up your own thing. This Maybe the people are going to have to do this. And uh, rather than be angry and protest, be prayerful. Maybe you like, like using the abortion clinics as a pattern. I don't know. Uh, but I'm just saying we cannot forget those people that are being so mistreated. This is such a shocking thing to be happening in the United States of America to American patriots. Um, and yes, I'm sure some of them did things they shouldn't, but not 500. No way. No way. And so uh, we need to protect them. And even if they did something, they are, uh, they, are, uh, they should be getting due process. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.